0: Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch
1: this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find Sports Grids Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. We salute the brave and courageous women and men serving in the United States military, protecting our freedom please take time this Memorial Day weekend to honor the memory and sacrifice of our military veterans and their loving families, and those who have made the ultimate sacrifice
0: in their service to our nation.
1: Happy weekend. Welcome to Fantasy Sports Today. It is our weekend edition. Craig Mish and Joe Pia as always, with you here. I hope you're having a very relaxing Memorial Day weekend. Those of you who have been going under uh, a lot of stress, of course, you got a three day weekend this week. feels like it's been a three day weekend, honestly, for the last two months. Uh, but that being said, we have a lot to cover here on this one hour edition of our show. And then Joe and I will be back again, of course on Monday morning for our full two hour edition. Joe, how was your weekend going thus far?
0: It's going all right. It's raining today, hopefully tomorrow. We get out in the sunshine. Uh, Things are looking up on Sunday and Monday. But for those of you who are going through uh, a sports fast right now and desperately looking for something to sink their teeth into, I did catch up uh, this past weekend on, uh, or should I say Friday night, on Tag with the Watt Brothers. So remember I told you I had seen this about a year ago? I saw the international version, which... Of course, they dumb it down for America, right? It's it's a dumbed down version of it because the original was parkour people versus parkour people doing this incredible thing that looked like somebody was going to die. It was the most amazing thing ever. Instead, what they did is they took that, kind of put just random athletic contestants in there and made it like American Gladiators. So if you're kind of wistful for the past of American Gladiators with all like the weird hipster doofusy stuff, but you like the Watt brothers and you kind of like athletics, it's a fun little hour of television, I'm not going to lie, so go check it out. Of course, they all have names, too, like The Geek and Flo and This Guy and, you know, not like Laser and Blazer and, and Ice and Storm and all that, but pretty much like the hipster version of all of that. So I don't know if you've seen it yet, but I think it's worth a watch. It's entertaining and it's fun to see a little, I don't know, kind of new school American Gladiators, basically 2.0 or maybe 3.0 since they did try that reboot about a decade ago and it kind of failed.
1: All right. Well, I'll look forward to uh, catching that for sure, and uh, we'll see what else is going on for the weekend. But, of course, uh, we have to kind of start on the uh, sad note here for the weekend, as this uh, Memorial Day weekend certainly honors all of our uh, servicemen in the military and things that we remember from them and should be honored without a doubt. But uh, kind of sad to hear that Jerry Sloan passed away, the head coach, former head coach of the Utah Jazz, who arguably during his tenure as coach of the Jazz was the best ever in their history – Mm -hmm. And on top of that, probably a top two or top three coach in the NBA for about 15, 20 years. And, uh, Joe, I know it's kind of uh, sad for the sports world to see somebody like that pass away. Uh, In my mind, no question, he belongs in the Basketball Hall of Fame as well.
0: He absolutely does. Uh, One of the great coaches, unfortunately, that did not get a championship. He was part of that Jordan era. And just this past week, we were talking about what would Stockton and Malone be considered. And maybe where would Jerry Sloan be considered in terms of the coaching pantheon? They won two titles back to back there in those years where they lost to the Bulls. And uh, a lot of people don't realize that Jerry Sloan was the coach of the Bulls before the Doug Collins years. And he actually exited just before Jordan got there in 1982, a couple years later. There you go. All of a sudden, you've got Michael Jordan there on the team now.
1: Yeah. And and I think that at the time, you know, Chuck Daly has passed away and now we have Jerry Sloan and, um, you know, certainly uh, there's been a lot of great coaches. P.J. Carlesimo, who coached during that uh, you know that heyday with the Portland Trail Blazers, Cotton Fitzsimmons with the Phoenix Suns, and then Westfall. Uh, you know that era uh, definitely produced some really high-level coaches, and we haven't even gotten to Pat Riley or Phil Jackson or some of the yep. best coaches to uh, you know ever coach Popovich too in the NBA. But you know Sloan does uh, you know belong among them, Absolutely. and also played in an era where yes, for sure. He had two Hall of Famers playing with him, no question, in Stockton and Malone, but he was really able to fit different pieces together to get themselves to a Western Conference Finals or get to the NBA Finals almost every single year. And I think that he deserves a ton of credit for that. Of course, with every coaching situation, there's always a postscript to that. And uh, unfortunately for him, the, the end of his tenure in the NBA kind of fell a little bit sour where it was a different sort of game, as as you've talked about, some one-on-one game, Darren Williams and him, I don't think, saw eye-to-eye, and Darren <laughs> Williams was a very high-level player uh, at that time. So, um, But certainly, it goes without saying, he should be in the Hall of Fame without a doubt. Very sorry to see him passing away yesterday. Um, interesting stories coming in a little bit from baseball and from the NFL. Baseball, we're still sort of in this holding pattern at the moment on the NFL side, uh, it looks like, and, and again, uh, you know, sometimes you hear things and you, tr- you try to get them confirmed, but it looks like for the most part, the Jets are going to be adding uh, yet another quarterback to their stable from what I understand, Joe.
0: Yeah, it looks like Joe Flacco is going to be joining the Jets. Again, it's not completely 100% as of us recording right here, but uh was with- kind of chatting with RSD producer Brett Levy before the show started today. And uh, we kind of both came to an agreement here, which is if you see Joe Flacco playing a couple games with the Jets, then something's gone horribly wrong here. And you could basically light the rest of the season on fire. And uh, Joe Flacco is also a guy famous for saying, I don't want to mentor anyone. So I don't know if the uh, the tune has changed or he's just uh, maybe uh, just kind of the same Joe Flacco and he thinks he's going to compete for the job. I don't know. Probably Very unlikely uh, that that is the case, but certainly from the Jets standpoint, I mean, it makes a lot of sense, especially when you consider last year they kind of got caught with their pants down when Darnold went out and then they were down to their third string quarterback very quickly. So bringing in a competent veteran quarterback certainly would make sense. So from just a depth standpoint, that makes a a ton of sense. And, you know, you could do worse than Joe Flacco in terms of trying to get somebody out there that if there is an emergency situation, you know, guys want a Super Bowl, for God's sakes. Not a lot of guys can say that.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, you know, the, the part that really strikes me with Flacco is, as you mentioned, if he were to get into a game, something would have went wrong. I don't know how the Broncos thought that this was a really good idea last year. Now, I'll, I'll give Flacco this. He'd throw 25 passes a game at most. They tried to just run the ball into the ground and get out of there as fast as they could. But usually it was Flacco's Seven or eight passes were just in the ground, missed, in the- <laughs> and then all of a sudden, he throws this beautiful deep ball, and there's Sutton, or Sanders, or someone else catching it for a touch, yeah. or a fan. and that's how Denver <laughs> stayed in the game. Like you- You'd watch four quarters of Flacco, yeah. and for three quarters and a half, you would say, this guy doesn't belong on a field anymore. And then magically, it's like he has a few seconds back there and he's throwing these beautiful bombs. And that's he's always of,
0: had a good deep ball. That's the one thing about flat. He really Unfortunately, does. Unfortunately, <laughs> back in the day, most of them got dropped by Tory Smith. Tory Smith was notorious for being wide open for those beautiful uh, long passes and then just dropping them constantly. But that you basically just summed up the career of Joe Flacco <laughs> for uh, for the NFL. Uh, but from the Jets' perspective, it certainly does make sense, and I think it's uh, it's a smart signing for them. You can't have, I mean, it was such a terrible situation last year when the the backup went down and they went to the third string. And if you recall, the third string got zero reps that. That week because they were trying to slowly work Darnold back in. He had no reps with the first teamers. He went out there and they actually got destroyed on the field. The poor guy, I think, was out of the league in a week. And it's right. just, it's just terrible. He can't have that happen. So Joe Flacco makes a lot of sense. So it's a good move for the Jets. But yes, there's certain, I don't want to say comedic value, but lightheartedness that will always follow whenever you see a transaction like that. But, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do, baby.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Um, you know, a few years ago, the Jets drafted this kid out of Penn State, Christian Hackenberg. Oh, sure. And, and I remember at the time thinking this guy is horrible. He was not good with Penn State. Nope. And um, you know, I, I mean, I, I just don't know that they identify quarterbacks all that well. I mean, we're going on a long period of time of not a lot of success. I liked Arnold, but. I don't sure think we can make
0: an evaluation on Darnold yet. I know I haven't well, seen it. Well, this him has got
1: to be the year that we figured it out. It has
0: out. to be. I can't, you know, Mono's a serious thing. As somebody who's had it in his life. I, I like, like Darnold. is it a I tough thing good. to get over. And I, I think Darnold does have potential. I think you saw two years ago, the back half of that season, when he stopped making as many mistakes. He's much more efficient with the football. Things started to turn around. The Jets started to look good. And last year, I feel like the season just never got started for him because of it. And then if, certainly it doesn't help going into this year not having a ton of receivers that you can count on. I'm as, as much of a talent as Mims is the fact that there's no Anunua, there's no Robbie Anderson, none of these guys that you thought were going to be pieces in that receiving core. Right. None of them are there. So I don't know what that plan is because it's kind of like the anti drew lock situation, right? Because you have drew lock who is, you know, completely surrounded there with an abundance of talent. And then there's Sam Darnold looking of, well, who the hell can I throw the football to you? And I think, That's a big problem. Not to mention, God knows what the usage of Le'Veon Bell is going to be with Adam Gase.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm a big fan of Bell, big fan of Gase. Maybe they'll get things straight. Um, You know, certainly uh, as we entered the weekend, Seattle was looking to beef up their running back position, talking to two different running backs, according to ESPN, Joe Devonta Freeman and Carlos Hyde. And, you know, certainly that doesn't bode well for Chris Carson. Obviously, his injury must be pretty serious if this indeed is the case. We heard that Marshawn Lynch, they were still kicking the tires on him. It looks like Seattle's running back situation is just going to be one to avoid this year. I knew it was incomplete going into the offseason, but it wouldn't shock me to see them bring in one of those guys to compete with Carson and maybe even Lynch too. Yeah, I don't know how much of a
0: competition it is so much as an insurance policy. I think this is more of an indictment of where they're at with Rashad Penny's health, and that is not something we're going to look forward to. He's absolutely starting the year on the pop list, and really – even though they drafted DJ Dallas, I think they are, they're thin at that running back position. They don't want to necessarily have a situation where Carson goes down or if he's not ready as much as they want him to be. And he needs to split carries in the first couple weeks of the season, potentially with a veteran, like a Freeman uh, or uh, like, as you mentioned before, either a Lynch or someone else like that or Hyde. I think what you're trying to do is basically get an insurance policy there because you don't want to hand over the keys to a rookie. That's not really necessarily what a team in contention wants to do out of the gate. So, yeah, it would make me slightly concerned about Chris Carson, but I'm not dropping him down the draft board just yet. A lot of the news had been very positive coming out about Chris Carson, so I think that's what I'm looking Where for. Where are right you gonna now. have him rank? Uh, Chris Carson's after that Kenyon Drake group. He is in that low and uh, that high end RB two group. I think that's where you have him. Uh, BlackBook is looking at him. I'll tell you what, you know, you want to talk about guys like Clyde Edwards, helaire You want to take a chance on him over Carson. Absolutely. Uh, I would still take Drake over him. You know, I would take Gurley over him, but that's a story for another segment. Uh, but I think you have to kind of go with the guys that you feel good about. And let's not forget having, you know, had there been somebody who was healthy and ready all those fumbles last year, Chris Carson might have lost that job. So you have to keep that in the back of your mind too.
1: Yeah, no, maybe so. So you have him, like, top 15 still, basically? Yeah,
0: he's still in that top 15. Like I said, I think this is more about depth than anything else, this move. So I wouldn't I wouldn't overreact to well, it Well, at that.
1: least you kind of know if, if it ends up being one of these two and not Lynch, it's a pretty solid investment to take Carson and then uh, whoever the backup is here. Although, I'll tell you, uh, Hyde shocked me last year with how yeah. well he played. It would be surprising to see him do it again. And I think Freeman is done, but, um, you know, to play, to play, you know, 15 downs a game, he could certainly, you know, fill in and do things. But, um, yeah, it's it's going to be tough to trust Seattle for sure. Uh, all right, so we have uh, a lot to cover here on the show today on Fantasy Sports Today. This is our weekend edition of the show. And uh, a little bit later in the show, what we're going to do is we're going to uh, cover a season in sports. So stay tuned to that. We also have our Fantasy Sports birthday So what we'll do is we'll take a quick time out here on the show and we'll be back with more FST right after this.
2: Com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
1: Time to get to some fantasy sports birthdays and this day in fantasy sports for our weekend shows. The 23rd of May... Twenty-fourth of May 2020. And I won't even go down the road of asking Joe what remembers him on this day, what reminds him of this day. Excuse me. Joe. That's that day.
0: time I lost a limb. You know, that's
1: <laughs> time my goldfish died.
0: Yeah. There you go. Oh boy. yeah. I had a dog and it got hit by a car, Craig. Anything else you wanna, you know?
1: Go uh, back on demand. Yep. You'll see what I'm Paper talking cut about. It's too inside a joke for somebody who's watching for the first time. <laughs> By the way, it was interesting. I went back. I don't know that you'd be very, very happy with yourself. Uh, I went back on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And I mean, randomly today, I was just on the YouTube channel. And I go just to make sure all our stuff is up and someone commented on YouTube that you crushed me in some conversation. I don't know, you wanna check that out. You'll be very happy about that.
0: Mom, thanks. Uh, you know what, I'm glad she finally figured out how to use YouTube. I don't know what funny. it was regarding, she but uses it just the said,
1: plan. oh, Pizza P is right, all the time, or something. I
0: don't know, wow. Something. Well, yeah. look, it's nice to have a fan. And uh, for that one fan, I, I appreciate you. Yeah,
1: they're I looking for you a free that. black book, I think.
0: Maybe. <laughs> well, hey. Uh, first of all, I, I mean, crush? Really? I don't know. Wait, yeah, it was like really. The thing. Yeah,
1: it was funny. Yeah, like, I don't even know what day it was, but it was it was recently. It was. This what was week. the
0: conversation? You know what the I conversation?
1: Know, I didn't go that far. That's the problem. All right.
0: right, now now I'm gonna have to go look just to see. But I will say this: I think that uh, anybody who thinks anyone's trying to crush anybody here in the show—that's never what we're trying to do. I'm the
1: only one trying to crush you, honestly. Here,
0: so. yeah, you try, you try, but I—you can't keep me down. I just keep coming back for more. I'm like Jake LaMotta and Raging Bull. You know, I just keep coming back for more. No matter how many times you pound on me, it's fine. Uh, it's, it's all right. It's an abusive relationship, but uh, at the end of every show, Craig says, oh, I love you, baby. Please come back tomorrow and do the show. Please come back. And then I do. And here
1: uh, we are. This on the is weekend. not Ike Turner, Tina Turner situation.
0: It's though. very close. I, I'm trying to figure out what love does have to do with it, but uh, apparently not much.
1: All right, puns aside, here we go. Fantasy sports today, this day in history for May 23rd. We start off in 1962. Joe Pepitone, he was a very popular Yankee. He was the second Yankee to hit two home runs in one inning back in 1962 on this day in fantasy sports. 1978, Bill Walton. By the way, Pep- Pepitone did. Oh, have you seen the picture? David Pepitone? always wears the Joe Pepitone jersey, if I'm not. Oh,
0: honest. yeah. Oh, the Pepitone jersey episode. It's great. I mean, hey, hey, Joe Pepitone. Uh, but the hair, the Joe Pepitone, you know, back in the 60s, man, don't that was. I
1: remember a lot about Joe Pepitone. Oh, like, I... well, I,
0: it, you trust me. So Italian... He's
1: not very good when he was there.
0: No, this was in that 60s where they were, this was the waning years. End of, the of
1: Mantle, right?
0: Is the end of Mantle into the Bobby Mercer years and things like that. But he had the full pompadour going, Pepiton. He was like the quintessential, like, you know, he's straight out of a New York street gang looking guy. Very, very classy, very classy right. guy. Yeah,
1: yeah. All right. 1978, Bill Walton of the Blazers named NBA MVP. How about this one? 2013, Patrick Wad named head coach of the team that he won a cup with, the Colorado Avalanche. People forget that that happened back in 2013. And here's one that I know a lot of people forgot. Kaz Matsui <laughs> of the New York Mets broke their leadoff home run record. He hit his fifth. And uh, yeah, I mean, Kaz Matsui has his place in Mets history. Joe, oh, I mean, look, oh, yeah. I, look, I gotta tell you, he wasn't a great player, but he wasn't terrible either. Like in fantasy, uh, he steal some bases, he gets some uh, hits. Uh, disaster! It was a disaster. He wasn't good. He wasn't good. I mean,
0: oh, there's worse. Come on, here's, here's all you need to know about being a Mets fan. The Mariners got Ichiro Suzuki. And we got Kaz Matsui. That's the, they, they, the Yankees got Hideki Matsui. We got Kaz Matsui. Well, that's uh, they had a deck, uh, Hideo Nomo and the Dodgers. would we get? Jung Sung Koo. You know, every time we go after some sort hey, of international listen, product, Matsui. it never goes Love. well.
1: 2004, Kaz Love. Matsui in 114 games, seven home runs, 44 runs driven in, 33% on base, 14 stolen bases. Just now, look, I don't want to give you any numbers days. after that because they're not good, but that was uh, uh, year...
0: <laughs> So you just want to give the numbers that support your argument. That's, that's, that's it. That's all you I mean, like, yesterday, Anthony, Okay. Uh, you know what? I will say this. I have one fond memory of Kaz Matsui. I'm almost 100% sure this is accurate. He had a home run opening day, and that was a very exciting thing. We thought, oh, look at this. And I, I also remember quite vividly that Kaz Matsui is the reason why Jose Reyes got moved to second base when he came up too. So that was another thing, and uh, and and Brett's verifying this. It wasn't. It was not amazing. And Jose Reyes, of course, eventually moved over to the shortstop, and Kaz Matsui eventually moved out. But uh, yeah, it was. Um, again, we don't do a good job of of bringing in the imports for the most part. It's been uh, the it's been a long run. Yeah, the Mets. Yeah, not a good job. Not a good job.
1: 2018, the NFL on this day announced that players must stand for the national anthem if they are on the field. This led to months and months and months of annoying discussion back and (laughs) forth, back and forth, and all of the shows talking about you got to stand, you can't stand, you got to stand, can't stand. Unbelievable how long this went on for, but this is when it began two years ago. I bet that people feel like it was a long time ago, really. It
0: feels like a millennium.
1: (laughs) Uh, How many things have happened since? Do we have perspective
0: on this yet or no? I mean,
1: especially in recent news. Perspective (laughs) is is that if you're a player and you want to kneel, you kneel, and if you don't, you don't. That's the end of this, I think. Pretty sure we
0: live in a country of free speech, and with it comes responsibility, but it also comes the ability. To have free speech and that's, sure. that's I mean you not awesome.
1: like it a lot of people don't yeah. I, I understand that and I respect I that look, but look I, I, I don't like did. Kenny Stills has been doing it since the very beginning yeah
0: absolutely and hey I don't, Bean, I don't I don't I don't, don't like uh police brutality but I also want to make sure that I am uh giving uh, I think you want to you want to especially Memorial Day here we have to you know give salute and obviously uh praise to all of those men and women who put their lives on the line for our protection and I think there's gotta be a balance and it's good to bring attention to important issues. It's it's dire in some situations, especially in certain communities that we do so. And um, at the end of the day, it certainly did put a spotlight on it. Um, unfortunately, I think it could have been coming from some better places at times, but look, it does feel like, a, like just ages and ages ago. And uh, I don't know, I don't think we're gonna have that problem as much going forward. It doesn't seem like we're, I don't know. We'll find out, I guess. <laughs>
1: Another season, you never know. All right, uh, let's start off with our fantasy sports birthdays for May 23rd for our Saturday uh, fans. 1952, Marvelous Marvin Hagler was born, former middleweight boxer. Fought some great fights against, of course, Sugar Ray Leonard for a long time. 1956, Buck Showalter, good friend to the show, great manager as well. 1986, Jordan Zimmerman, players on the Tigers told me this guy is back. He's ready to have a big year. I mean, I don't know. We'll have to see that play out. But certainly there hasn't been a bigger bust in terms of pitching for agency than Zimmerman over the last few years. So we'll see if he ends up earning a dollar this year. And then finally, in 1991, Aaron Donald was born. And uh, Aaron Donald has gone on to be arguably, if not the best defensive player in the year, one of them. And it's really funny that, uh, look, Aaron Donald was supposed to be a good player in the NFL, but this is a better player in the NFL than he was in college. Uh, Donald was good. But no one expected the Rams to basically land a superstar player. In fact, they the year the year that they drafted Donald, they signed Kendall Langford to a multi-year deal <laughs> to play the same position. <laughs> and it just so happened that Donald became a beast in the NFL. So you know, sometimes players in the pros uh, find their way, and Donald is a good example of that. Absolutely, he's working his he's working his
0: butt off too. I mean, this is a guy who works so hard. Uh, his craft, it's so hard in the gym, too. You see all the videos of this guy. He's a beast. And on top of that, too, uh, you got to worry, too, that the Rams are in such dire straits with the cap going in the next year or so. I, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, it could be very well we see Aaron Donald on their team in two years. I'm uh, just saying it's a, it's a distinct possibility.
1: Yeah. And on we go to this day in fantasy sports history for May 24th. And we have 1935, the first baseball game played at night. The Reds beat the Philadelphia Athletics by a final of 2-1. to 1984, the Tigers win their 17th game in a row, which at the time was an American League record. Of course, the A's went on to break that. 1992, Al Unser Jr. wins the Indianapolis 500. And then I thought this was important to bring up from last year, Joe. Unfortunately, we have nothing to compare it to this year. But in 2019, on this day, 59 home runs were hit in baseball the most in history since 2002 and the second most all time home runs were hit last
0: not bad that was a pretty good day you know going back to the first night game I remember very very fondly that first night game in Wrigley Field and what a big deal that was and that was the last one and up until the late 80s the Cubs did not play night games at home and it's an amazing thing to think about that if you want to go to Cubs game you had to go during the day even on the weekday And there's a lot of people that think that that was kind of partially why the Cubs over the years struggled. Because there's so many day games and the players and some of their habits, let's just say, in the 70s and 80s really didn't uh, portend very well to day games. Yeah,
1: I mean, I remember the Cubs like it was yesterday. And I remember Let There Be Light, Harry Carey. I think Harry was there, if I'm not mistaken. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, now it's like it's just... It just basically happens. We just assume it. But it's crazy to think that a lot of teams did not play at night, even into the 40s. Uh, but it'd be fun for us now to have day games. Take them right now.
0: oh exactly. <laughs> will any game. we can. Well, Let's have
1: brunch game.
0: games. What do you want? Let's have a morning game. Let's People all get are into up there, the KBO.
1: I, mean, I don't know about uh, that. They are. They
0: are. Hey, all right, look, baseball um, is
1: baseball. You know? Yes, but you're not waking up at 3 in the morning to watch yeah. the KBO, are you? Oh. Not for KBO, no. Wake up at 3 in the morning because I'm old now two in the morning <laughs> all right this day in fantasy sports history for may 24th this is for you people watching on our sunday show 1963 joe dumars was born former great player with the detroit pistons part of that great pistons team with isaiah thomas john sally rick mahorn james edwards bill Lampier, nba champions joe dumars uh, bartolo Colon, born in 1973 talked about him a couple days ago wants to continue to keep playing in Major League Baseball, we'll see if that ends up happening. Um, Brad Penny born in 1978, just on my podcast recently. 1979, Tracy McGrady started off looking like one of the best players in the history of the game, ended up being a really good player, great player. But uh, Hall of Fame, I'm not sure um, if he gets into the Hall of Fame. And then 1993, Nelson Aguilar of the Philadelphia Eagles, who had uh, a famous meme with a guy saving a baby inside a house which has made him more popular <laughs> than, uh, him it's terrible playing. but
0: that's what I think of I mean that's like the first thing that's that comes gonna to be my, it for Aguilar uh, not like Aguilar you know I didn't drop the baby like Aguilar dropped that pass I mean that is quintessential Philadelphia I lived there for five glorious years I love the town love it dearly but that's all you need to know about sports in Philadelphia is that moment right there it could be burning building babies being thrown off balconies and if someone's gonna go on TV and they have a chance to pitch about the Eagles, they will. And that is uh, that's special stuff right there. That's that's what it's all about in Philly fandom.
1: Real quick, did you see the video of uh, Julio Franco taking BP? The other I day? did not, but I'm
0: sure Julio Franco could play. I mean, what he retired when he was 52 years old, anyway. I mean, why couldn't Julio Franco still hit? 61. 61. Get him. Get Cologne. Let's have an old timers league. We haven't got there. You know, like a they want to yeah, Fantasy old
1: timers league. Fantasy all-timers.
0: I William smell scientific. a segment next week. Yeah,
1: could get mm-hmm. it on. Yeah. We'll be back with more fantasy sports today in a couple of minutes. Gray Albright will also join us on the show in just a little while. This is FST here on Sports Grid. Don't go away.
2: Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com
1: And welcome back. It's time for a season in history. And today we're going to go back to 1997 The NFL starting to really make its moments uh, late in the 90s, into the 2000s, where it becomes the sport of choice for everyone. Uh, Really some exciting players and just a laundry list of Hall of Famers coming out of this season, Joe.
0: Yeah, absolutely. This is, of course, when John Elway finally got his. This was uh, Brett Favre going back to back into the Super Bowl. Win one, lose one. But this was the John Elway moment, the fist-pumping moment. This is Terrell Davis. Of course, being MVP and a huge moment here for Broncos fans because, uh, I mean, we forget, I think, that John Elway, five Super Bowls, that is an impressive run there. And I understand people want to make comments, well, the AFC was a little inferior in the late 80s and all that stuff, blah, blah. And they go, that might be true. Maybe the NFC was a bit more loaded between the Bears and the Giants and obviously the 49ers dynasty. But this was the moment for John Elway when it all came together. And obviously, Terrell Davis was a big part of that. Terrell Davis in that game, too, uh, had quite a day. Uh, We all know that. And Terrell Davis now a Hall of Famer. And you can say what you will. But the NFL is made up of big moments. And I guess the folks who voted really thought that Terrell Davis, at the end of the day, had enough big moments that mattered so much more than, say, the length of the career. And I know we all struggle with this and I know we've kind of talked about it, but I'm not sure we're used to it. Is he, is he a hall of famer in your mind or not? I, I so. don't think so,
1: but, but you, you know what it is, is I think that we'll look back in 10 years from now and we'll have a different opinion. We'll say yes, because we are going to have a really mm-hmm. hard time getting running backs into the NFL. And even in that short period of time that Terrell Davis was a superstar, which was only three years or four years, that's probably going to end up being the shelf life of the NFL. But in that same vein, I would tell you that if you put Terrell Davis in the Hall of Fame. You got to put Fred Taylor in the Hall of Fame. Like Fred Taylor makes Terrell. Fred Taylor's numbers make, you know. Uh, well, Davis this was my Andre Reed Hall.
0: argument for years and years too. It was like, why isn't Andre Reed the Hall of Fame? I kept going, why, why, why? I don't understand.
1: Yeah, and, and, they, and again with the Football Hall of Fame too, you're putting so many players in. I yeah. I feel like, but but Davis didn't even have to wait, if I'm not mistaken either, right? Like I don't think way. he was
0: a first. He definitely wasn't a first, but he wasn't okay. he 10th either. You know, I want right. to say it was like a year or two, but he was not a first ballot one, that is for sure. Uh, but uh, a guy who was a first ballot running back of Hall of Famer was Barry Sanders, who led the league in rushing that year with 2,053 yards. I mean, we can wax poetic all day long about Barry Sanders. And for those people who just see the highlight reels, you know, I don't think you quite grasp it. Those are great moments, but it was also watching him sometimes make just a five yard gain out of what would have been a five yard loss. Not only, you know, that was the little things that he constantly did. And had he played with better offensive lines or some people that say, well, maybe he wouldn't have had as many highlight reels, but I think he would have probably played longer. And I think obviously when push came to shove here, he was faced with, do I want to play more? Do I want to go somewhere else? And he didn't want to go somewhere else, but he didn't want to stay where he was. And unfortunately we kind of got robbed of a few good more years of Barry Sanders. However, Peak Barry Sanders for me was, I think the most entertaining runner back, running back that I've ever seen. That's the best way yeah. I could put it. I don't know about best, but most. I entertaining. I saw him rush for
1: 200 yards in person against Ugh. Tampa Bay. I was at incredible. one of those games that he incredible. did
3: that. He was yeah. I was, thing to
1: watch. If you see, if you watch those highlights and you see him playing in Tammy, I mean, he crushed the bucks, but, oh, if, yeah. but he really crushed the bucks in Tampa for some reason. I don't know why, but he really had some big games there. Um, uh, Uh, Did you play fantasy at this time, or were you just getting into it, or you had played?
0: Just getting into it in college. This is my college I had I was just getting into fantasy.
1: I I had played. There's two things that I would tell you uh, about Barry Sanders in fantasy. Uh, One, for one of the greatest players of all time in the NFL, was just okay in fantasy, because at the time that we were playing fantasy uh, during this time, you were basically getting a point for every 10 yards, and you were getting six points for a touchdown and no points for receptions. Mm-hmm. So, Barry Sanders didn't score a lot of touchdowns. He'd get caught right. at the one so many times. Oh, they'd bring oh. in somebody else to get the touchdown. Oh, I absolutely
0: I can't imagine how frustrating that was. And Tommy funny, Bardell the was the guy.
1: And the, um, league, and, and and the other it. thing that I would tell you is that you were not a true fantasy player in uh, whenever, I don't know when Barry Sanders retired, 99, 2000, somewhere along that, right? Yeah, somewhere along that. Uh, yeah not right. not far not long after this season not long after, but if you so. played fantasy and you have played with more than one team in fantasy like at the time i think i may have played with two at the most but mm-hmm. one was this this home league that i've been in since the 80s you drafted Barry Sanders after he retired that following year the next year the next year just in case. every league that i was in drafted Barry Sanders with the last just to see with the last pick to see if he would come back it happened a lot he never did. He, he never did, but, but it was guy.
0: unbelievable. He thought oh, he was going to come back. Yeah, well, I mean, because he left with things in the tank. You know, he kind of did that whole. <laughs> and alive. You know, all the, those are two very good things to leave. Uh, Brett Favre, you know, certainly uh, came back <laughs> many, many times. We know that. Uh, Brett Favre was MVP this year, obviously. 35 touchdowns for Brett Favre. Again, unfortunately for him, he came up short in the Super Bowl there, trying to make it back-to-back. One of the best players you could possibly mic up. And, of course, you remember John Randall with the eye black and all the things he used to do. And the John Randall uh, NFL, you know, when they do the biographies on them, the football life, what a life he had. He grew up with no running water in his house. I mean, this was a guy that to bathe, he would have to go fill the bucket and bring water into, you know, from outside the well and things like that. No indoor plumbing. That's how John Randall grew up. And he just didn't know any better. And that is just stunning to think of, you know, humble beginnings doesn't even begin. Because you don't even think people like, you know, does that still exist nowadays? And the answer is, in some places, yeah, it did. Even back in the uh, in the 60s and 70s, then it still did. So, John Randall, an incredible player. Let's go to some of the rookies, too. Offensive Rookie of the Year. This is a name, you know, you just talked about the Bucks. How about Warwick Dunn? And Defensive Rookie of the Year was Peter Bulware of the Baltimore uh, Ravens. So, uh, Warwick Dunn had a couple pretty good uh, years in, there uh, for it the it Tampa did, Bay Bucks. I remember him. My,
1: my memory, well, there's a few with Dunn, and and I covered Dunn. Mm -hmm. All the years in Tampa Bay. Allstott was there, too, if you remember.
0: Oh, sure. Um, I love Mike Allstott. Where's the new Mike? Eric
1: Eric Rett Rett? was a very good fantasy running back. He rushed for 10 10 touchdowns over a 1,000 yards, and then he held out. And the Bucs had a feeling he may, and that's when they drafted Dunn, and they drafted Allstott, and essentially Rett was shown the door. Uh, I know Eric read very well uh, from South Florida, too. He was a Gator as well, and I was sad to see that happen. His career could have been a lot more. I think he made a mistake at that time. But uh, in terms of Warwick Dunn, he had one of the best games in the history of fantasy football. He and Marshall Falk on, I believe, a week 15 or week 16 Monday Night Football, Joe, each scored five touchdowns in one Unbelievable. game. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. <laughs> Yeah. And, and and imagine playing in your playoff. Oh, you know the question. I got done. He's got Falk. What happened? <laughs> uh, well, you know. I mean, it was the most. You got to look this game up. It was the most insane game I can ever remember. Uh, oh. it it was an, it was a playoff game in fantasy football. I think it was like thirty three, thirty one oh, final. That's even more amazing than a the
0: playoff game too, when you consider that. I mean, the the likelihood of two teams still being in the playoffs with those two players and squaring off against each other. That's Right. A, you
1: can only imagine. It was, it was one of the best games I've ever seen. Yeah.
3: Oh, great game.
0: Wow. That is unbelievable. Well, let's let's dig into the draft of that year in nineteen ninety seven as well. The number one overall pick went to the St. Louis Rams and they took Orlando Pace and I think the rest is history there. Uh, Certainly a great career for Orlando Pace. Uh, Number five overall pick was Bryant Westbrook. Uh, And then, of course, you had uh, some other lesser-known picks there going until Warwick Dunn at 12, but 13 turned out to be lucky for the Kansas City Chiefs because they drafted a Hall of Famer. Tony Gonzalez, 13th overall. Tight ends typically don't go this early in drafts, but if you're going to go make a selection, you might as well select arguably the greatest of all time at the position and Tony Gonzalez.
1: Um. Yeah. I mean, he's he was he was what what were his numbers uh, like that year? I guess I'd have to check that. But well, yeah, his rookie I feel year,
0: like- they were they were not great. Uh, his rookie year, he actually struggled. But when was you start, was he the greatest people-
1: of all time,
3: tight end?
0: Yeah. I think overall, when you put in uh, pass catching ability, run blocking ability, when you put in the, his ability to score in the red zone, in my opinion, he's the most complete tight end. Um, Rob Gronkowski could have been because he was even better at blocking. Yeah, I- and Tony and I, Gonzalez I thought, Ga- thought
1: Gates' numbers, numbers probably are better than Gonzalez. His though. numbers
0: are, but he's not nearly the the blocking tight end at times that uh, Tony Gonzalez was. I think when you, I'll Tony say the number
1: time. one tight end of all time was Kellen Winslow from the Chargers.
0: I don't think there's an argument. That's why I said I think it's it's uh, you'll I don't think you can argue against Kellen Winslow. Yeah, I That's think arguably, right. I think I'm going to take Tony Gonzalez, but okay. again, it's the longevity. He played such a long time, and I want to say he's the all-time leader in touchdowns as well at the position. Uh, in terms of you know, we're always looking for bonuses at the tie, at the the uh, in the draft. Obviously, at pick number 36 overall, the Giants took Tiki Barber. And that was when the oh, Giants started to yeah. become relevant again. The Cardinals took Jake Plummer. And then Corey Dillon went to the Bengals right after back-to-back picks 42 and 43.
1: Corey Dillon and had a great career, too.
0: He sure did. And Corey Dillon, of course, did have that great run with the Patriots, too, where the Patriots were still running the football and playing defense. And Tom Brady was just making plays before he became – Tom Brady leading the league in passing, he wasn't. He was Tom Brady just making plays, and Corey Dillon was running the hell out of the football. A lot of people forget that. And Jake Plummer, one of the more fun mobile quarterbacks out there, I think one of those things were, okay. it wasn't always great, but it was fun to watch with Jake Plummer, yeah, all I right.
3: which,
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah, I didn't mind Jake Plummer at all.
0: Yeah, and of course, after this year was over, 98, they go back uh, to the Super Bowl of the Denver Broncos and win back-to-backs, uh, solidifying John Elway's legacy and it's funny because that really did turn things for Elway. He was considered the guy who couldn't win the big game. And then two years in a row, he wins the big game. And of course, he wins a big game because it was the first time in his career he had a running back of the stature of Terrell Davis. And yes, a lot of people will make the comments that after that, there was a carousel of running backs who were very successful in that system. But I don't think when you watch them, you ever thought you were watching the best player in the game. And I think for a couple of years there, we were watching Terrell Davis. We thought he was the best player in the game. So I think people should put that to bed because TD was definitely helped by a very good blocking system and a good running scheme and a good offensive line. But he also worked his butt off to be that good. And he was dominant at the time. And none of those other guys, I would say, Orlandis Gary or Mike Anderson were dominant.
1: I would say that they each had their dominant season. I would they disagree had good with seasons, that. But and I think that that's think them what best Terrell player in the Davis. League? But
0: you ever thought about those guys as the best running back in the league? Because we thought TD. Mike,
1: An- Mike Anderson's numbers would stack up with the best running back in the league for one year. They would. They were good. They were not TD good. So I, I could mean, pull them up. And none then of them skype scored. Skype. None of them rushed for two thousand yards and twenty touchdowns. But if I had to Google the stats, I would guess Mike Anderson rushed for. 12 or 1300 yards and 10 touchdowns. The yardage
0: totals were there, but we're talking about somewhere around like 1500 yards to about 1200 yards. We're talking about, you know, a guy scoring enormous amounts of touchdowns versus, you know, 10. Like, one, definitely RB1 status guys, no doubt about it in terms of fantasy. But in terms of dominance, I'll still go with TD and I want to give him some credit there.
1: There you go. We'll take a brief time out on fantasy sports today. Coming up next, we'll be joined by Gray Albright of RazBall.com. Believe it or not, over the past week, Gray got a haircut. Did it go well? Did it go poor? You'll find out next right here on Fantasy Sports Today on SportsGrid. Craig and Joe, back with you for another segment as we're joined by Gray Albright right after this. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. Always fun to check in with our good buddy from Razball, Razball.com, where the projections are constantly changing to adjust to a uh, constant idea of a possible and impossible baseball season. Every week I feel like we're headed toward a new story, so we bring in Gray Albright from Razzball to touch on that and just exactly what's been going on with Gray this week. Gray, thanks for coming on again. What's going on?
3: Oh, hey, what's going on there, Gregory? How you doing? I'm doing
1: well. It's great to see you. Great to talk to you. Anything new in your life this week you want to get out there before we get to some sports?
3: Uh, well, I did a quarantine haircut. It didn't work out so well for me. I, uh, I'm a little bit embarrassed, but I, uh, I look like Jimmy Hoffa. As <laughs> you, so nice. I
1: you look like Nicholson in Hoffa. You do. Got the, like, the, that really close cut.
3: Um, <laughs> Bertie, I don't understand Bertie. though. But
1: your wife? Where's your wife in all this?
3: Oh my god! I think, yeah. See, the problem is, I think my wife is cross-eyed because she's the one who did this. I was oh. like, I was like, hold on a second. You got to go with a three on the buzzer first, and then you work down to zero. And she's like, yeah, no problem. <laughs> My number one attribute is my hair. It's really upsetting. Woo! You know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well,
1: well, are you still not leaving? You know, you can go get
3: a haircut if you want. Nah, I can't. Can't go out. What do you mean? Oh, I can't go out. Not in LA. I don't think everything. I don't think anything's open yet in LA. To be totally that right.
1: Oh, in Florida. I, well, here in Florida, you know, they're just they. You know, uh, we're, we're, lick, we're licking the pavement here. We don't oh care. yeah,
3: yeah. No, I. I actually. I didn't want to drive to Florida to get a haircut, but that's a good idea. No, I'm glad have, you, could meant- <laughs> you. Could have done it. You could have done the, it.
1: The the razor. The, the Tampa Bay Rays are giving out haircuts
3: at their place. <laughs> the Tampa Bay Razors. <laughs> Is there anything to make money? Hey, who wants a haircut from uh, Hyman Joy? Come here.
1: I like He-Man Joy, by the way.
3: He-Man, He-Man, Hyman. I don't think, I don't, think think it, I, don't think,
1: I think you're thinking of Hyman Roth, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> in the, in the Godfather.
3: I, I just assume that's who I'm thinking of. <laughs> uh,
1: too many Godfather movies for you this week. What What did you do this week? Anything fun? Any good uh, TV?
3: Yeah, oh, TV, yeah. No, I was watching The Great on Hulu. I uh, it's what about, is it? It's about Catherine the Great. It's good. It's with uh, Elle Fanning, uh, Dakota Fanning's sister. It has, uh, it's a uh, interesting period piece. I enjoyed it.
2: Okay,
1: good. I, I watched, uh, I, I forget the name of it, Missy, something, the wrong Missy uh, Netflix movie where David Spade texts... Uh, it's, it's an Adam Sandler film, essentially, where David Spade texts, uh, uh, he meets a girl named Missy, and then he went on a, another date with a girl named Missy, texts the wrong one, and they end up going on vacation together, and then, as you would guess, shenanigans ensue from there.
3: <laughs> shenanigans, always. I uh, I actually, I didn't like the Adam Sandler movie, Uncut Gems. I don't know, did you see that? Everyone's you know seen- what,
1: I was so looking forward to seeing it, but I heard it was really
3: hard to watch. I never saw it was really lame i don't know i feel like i might have been the only person who didn't like it but now no,
1: i heard that from a lot of people unfortunately
3: mm, ah there you go then also i watched the lighthouse this weekend which i didn't like at all either. <laughs> i usually am not this tough of a critic but i didn't like it it was the uh william defoe robert pattinson movie where they're yeah. in a house <laughs> i didn't see it but i'm aware of it yeah i uh I, I wasn't a huge fan he talks it's like the entire movie he's uh it's like talk like a pirate day. Like, what's going on? No, I, I, the I love that
0: kind of movie. are
1: not my favorite movie. So, so you and I are involved in this uh, in the picture List convention next weekend. We're both pre- we're both presenters. I'm I'm a little more worried about you than me. What are you presenting? <laughs> What exactly myself. are you presenting?
3: I'm presenting myself. Now, I have a uh, a whole seminar for quarantine haircuts. <laughs> <laughs> Your wife's in the back going, woo,
2: woo, woo. <laughs> You
3: know, you watch watch someone do your hair, you watch someone cut your hair for, like, you know, your whole life, and you're like, how hard could it be? And (laughs) then you realize. And then you're like, whoa! So that's why they go to cosmetology school. uh, I'm not presenting. I'm going to be on a panel where we talk about uh, player profiles or something. You're very good at fantasy.
1: I don't think people realize that. I mean, you come off, like, you know, you're fun and but you're really you're really good like you're really a good player you really are so i'll 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 tune into that i'll I'll, i feel like when i'm i'm not intimidated by you we've been playing against each other now for a few years but i know like by your mannerisms in the auction when a player goes off or not like i'll put a little star by that oh like gray like that guy like i think you know your values well i think you know what you're doing
3: uh yeah, no, I, I mean I try. It's the only thing I really care about.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's obvious. <laughs> Look at your head. So Everything really else, whatever. You- <laughs> okay, so yeah, I'm I'm doing a um like a inside baseball, what it's like to be covering the game and sort of having some inside info, info on players and stuff like Are
3: that. you doing, like, a uh, AV presentation, or is it just, like, you're winging it?
1: I'm assuming I just show up and, and don't get a haircut. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm assuming, you- do you see how high – like, people thought I had no hair. Like, I, first of all, I, I am losing my hair. But people thought that I had, like – no hair at all. Like, look at this big thing I
3: got. No, your hair looks good. It's a little puffy. It's alright. You can use a little bit of a haircut. Uh, I'll step I mean, away. Look at this.
1: A lot coming in here. So, <laughs> our, um, just... as, as, we, as we head toward Memorial Day weekend, I feel like I've changed my opinion so many times on this, it's worthless. Oh, man. But, but, I, but I'd love yours. I, I don't know, man. I, I'm... I, my opinion seems to change a lot with whether or not we're going to get the season in, man. I, two weeks ago, I was so certain that this was happening with them talking, and as we head toward the weekend, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure. I'm I'm not feeling. I'm feeling like fifty-fifty again. I was on the sixty-forty side.
3: Yeah. Well, I was like that last week. I uh, I was going through that. I'm still in that too. I'm still in that like down yeah. mode where I'm not sure a season's going to happen anymore. Whereas you know earlier in, like, April, not not that long ago, even though it feels like about three years ago. Right. In April, I really thought there would be a season, and it would start on July 4th, as we discussed. Yes. But now that it's taken so long for them to get on, like, you know, any sort of page with this proposal, it's like, guys, are we really trying to get a season? Or are, is this all negotiation? Like, it's so hard to say now. Like, I was... uh. We have some leverage. Let's try and you know see what the players will give us for you know if they say uh, you know we don't want to have a season. Well, what what are you gonna do? Like you know, negotiation tactic basically. Sure. You now, I'm like, I don't know if it's a negotiation tactic or if they're just not coming back to the table. I don't know. There's not like like with most seasons when you have a uh, a strike. I, I'm sure you remember '94. You have course. like in negotiation, it's like you know it's a back and forth and you realize that, it, you know, someone, they're going to come to the table at some point. But with this, it's like, does coming to the table mean, you know, risking your life? If so, maybe, you know, like I've been saying now is like, maybe some players just don't come back. Like, until...
1: I think that's realistic. I, I think that what's happened is baseball is essentially having to go through the CDC to get everything approved. And it's as simple as you and I talking and and we're coming up with some ideas and it all sounds good and they're going to play. And then all of a sudden, I think it hit them with the shock of what will actually be required to play. And I know that a lot of the money has been discussed too, and that is a part of it, but I don't even think that they've gotten there yet, Gray. Like, I think it's Damn. Like, like that memo that came out, and and I know that the players' union is upset about that, that it that it was leaked or whatever. But with all of the things that are required to try and make this happen, I I, I know the owners are gonna say they want to play, but Gray, like in the end, some some of these owners are not gonna get hurt if they don't play, you know, like. It's like, hey, we don't have to pay the players. Like, okay, (laughs) sounds good. See you next year.
3: And also, I don't know if someone's talked about it or maybe they haven't. I just haven't seen it. But aren't also most of these teams, they have insurance. So if they don't play, don't they can't they just get back a lot of money in insurance where it's like, yeah, so we lose a little Uh, bit. You know,
1: you know, from from what I understand, from what I've in the questions that I've asked. Uh, and I, I wasn't given, like, the specifics of teams, but, like, I'll give you a team. Like, the Rockies are going to get hurt very bad. The Rockies are not good, and they fill that place up every day, and it doesn't matter. They're getting 50000 $60,000. they are having no fans there whatsoever. If they played a season where they had to play, pay the players and have no fans, they'd get crushed. They'd get crushed. They're paying out... You know, an eighty, hundred million dollar payroll and not making anything back, or whatever they make off their TV contract, if there is a TV contract. Yeah. Um, the the Marlins wouldn't get hurt. The Rays probably wouldn't get hurt all that much. The Pirates, ah, okay, you know, we're fine. The right. Red Sox, they'll get hurt. You know, like it's it's those teams that. If there was a season without fans, it would be really hard to or at least they say from an ownership perspective, it would be hard to absorb. also
3: the uh I think like, you know, like you said the teams that would get hurt, you mentioned a few of them. Like you think about it, like the Red Sox would get hurt, but the Red Sox Red Sox can handle it, where the if the Rockies get hurt, can the Rockies Rockies. That's handle true. It? Yeah.
1: I, I, I maintain now, I've been saying this on the shows. I maintain Arenado never plays one game in Colorado. That's it. As soon as the I, I think he's traded the second they can, they cannot pay this guy anymore. That's it. No fans, no revenue, no money, whatever they were going to get for him before. It is not going to be what it is now. And I think he's gone the second that they can move him. I, I don't think they, they so, can afford so, it.
3: And He's so irrelevant, too, for whether or not uh, people are going to be watching the Rockies. I mean, yeah, they it like, absolutely, they like true. Him, but- absolutely true. Absolutely true. You know, it's oh, like, well, he's
1: their franchise player, but you're 100% right. Are they, is anyone going to lose sleep? Oh, I mean, he's a great player, don't get me wrong. Great defender, maybe a Hall of Famer one day, but right. he'd just be like Matt Holiday, you know? Like It happens. Um, all right, great. Well, listen, uh, thank you again for coming on the show. Really appreciate it. I wish you a uh, very healthy and safe Memorial Day weekend. Enjoy it with you and your wife, and we'll catch up again uh, next week, okay?
3: Thanks, Craig. Talk to you later.
1: All right, Gray Albright from Razzball with us here. And uh, we'll take a quick time out on fantasy sports today. Maybe we should tell Gray about all these great baseball cards that have gone up so significantly. Maybe he has them uh, in his closet. Maybe we shouldn't tell him and just tell him to send them to us so we can make some money. We're going to go through those cards coming up next. An incredible time to be a sports collector. Who would have thought after the crash of the 80s that, that uh, baseball, basketball, football cards are all back in such a big way? We'll go digging for diamonds next joe pisa and i will be back on fantasy sports today in just a couple of minutes don't forget follow us on twitter at craig mish at sports you can follow my friend gray albright at razzball we'll be back right after this